This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. In the driving jam time. The Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. It was great to visit with Cardinals manager Mike Schilt last hour. Always fun to talk when they win, isn't it? It's, well, we talk all the time and have a good time with it, talking baseball when they don't win. And the Cardinals have won five in a row. They go for another sweep today at 110 against the Royals. Mike Schilt, if you want to hear the show, all you have to do is download the Odyssey app. Many of you already have that, the Odyssey app, and you just use the rewind feature. Start that thing at 1015. 1017 to be precise. That's when Schulte started that one. 1017. And you can hear us talking about all five wins and what's to come for the Cardinals. Sitting now 10 out in the NL Central, four and a half out on the wild card. But as I mentioned to Mike, I did not talk to him about the standings. It's just about winning games now. I mean, they, they can't control any of that stuff. And no matter who you play, you got to win games here. It, you, they cannot afford to lose another series, definitely cannot afford to get swept in a series, and a huge, huge, huge series coming up next week, this week, against the Milwaukee Brewers. And, yeah, I've noticed it. I've noticed that there are empty seats at Bush Stadium. I mean, you have to be, um, you know, have your head in the sand and not notice that. Uh, But I would expect that they're going to sell some tickets for this. I mean, if the Cardinals sweep this series today and a day off tomorrow, I would think that, Cardinals fans would recognize that this is a monster series against the Brewers and the season on the line. You hate to say that on August 17th, 18th, and 19th, but if they don't sweep that series, they have to win it. If they don't win that, they're in big, big trouble. Uh, and, And I still look, I know they're four and a half out in the wild card. Like I get that, but you have a lot of teams in front of you, the Braves, the Phillies, the Reds, and the Padres who lead it. So you have four teams in front of you for the second wild card spot. You don't think that one of those teams is going to go on a hot streak. Just like you, if you go on one, it's just too much to ask to leapfrog four teams. And no matter how close you are to the Padres. So the Cardinals have got to get, they have to have their sights on the Brewers and the Brewers only. And that series is a huge one. So if you have ever been on the fence about getting tickets to a Cardinals game, this is the time to do it. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at Bush Stadium. They're all 645 games. 
A lot of kids are back in school, but a lot of them don't go to school until that following week. So if you're going to give the kids one last hurrah at Bush Stadium before school starts, those would be the games, the 17th, 18th, and 19th. On top of that, Adam Wainwright's going to pitch in that series. You don't think Adam Wainwright deserves a monster ovation and a chance for you to see Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina together. There are no guarantees there. There are no guarantees. The When are you going to see those two? How many more times are you going to see Adam Wainwright pitching to Yadier Molina? So just saying, if there's a chance for the place to be rocking and rolling and near capacity or at it, it would, in my mind, be the middle of that week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, against the Brewers, the 17th, 18th, and 19th, as the Cardinals try to will themselves, the fans try to will them back into this race. Now, what's the weather like, James, for those games, too? Let's see if we can entice people. Oh, look at this. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, high of 88 each day and a low of 64 on Tuesday for that opener. That works for me. I don't know about for you, but I'll be there on Tuesday. promise you that for the Cardinals and the Brewers uh, this coming Tuesday. So looking forward to that. Also looking forward to John Moselock, Cardinals president of baseball operations, will be with us at 1130 here on KMOX. We'll talk to him about what's happened this past week. But coming up next, Simon Pagano. He won the Indianapolis 502 years ago. He is one of the most popular drivers in the IndyCar series for a reason. You're going to hear why. He's got a great personality, great competitor, and we are going to talk to him right here on Sports on a Sunday Morning in a matter of minutes. And that's at 11.15. I'm excited about the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway on Saturday night, August 21st. It's a weekend of activity. They have a NASCAR trucks race on Friday night, and then the IndyCar race is Saturday night. If you've ever been interested in attending an event at Worldwide Technology Raceway, I would highly encourage you to do it this coming weekend. That Saturday night IndyCar race will be spectacular. Under the lights is much better than during the day. There's so much to see. Great pageantry. They'll have huge crowds out there, but safe Talk about an event to go during a pandemic outside at Worldwide Technology Raceway with all this wide open space that they have is the ultimate. And if you've never been to a race in your life, IndyCar is a great starter. It's just exciting. It's fun to watch. The the speeds are incredibly high and the drivers are super competitive. It's going to be a lot of fun. No doubt about it. Uh, Indianapolis, uh, Will Power won the road race there yesterday, and William Byron has won the poll for their first NASCAR Cup Series race to be run on a road course at Indy. The road course at Indianapolis Motor Speedway will take place today. Byron posted the fastest lap in qualifying uh, for what's the, called the Brickyard 200. So that's what's going on today in NASCAR. Simon Pagano is next Tom Ackerman with you, sports on a Sunday morning. Then John Mosellock, and as we wrap up the hour, we will talk about something that happened 50 years ago. You know what that is? 50 years ago, 1971, greatest pitcher in Cardinals history did it. Don't miss that at the end of this hour. Back after this. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, no Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. 
Welcome back to KMOX. Tom Ackerman with you. What a treat to be joined by Simon Pagano. You talk about a great one from Team Penske racing in the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 on August 21st at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Winner of the Indianapolis 500 in 2019, the IndyCar Series champion in 2016. How are you, Simon? Great to have you back in St. Louis here pretty soon. Hello, Tom. I'm great and uh, very, very excited for, for the end of the season coming up. And uh, especially uh, at uh, WWTR, it's, uh, it's always, always an exciting race. So I'm sure, uh, I'm sure we're about to see something exciting. Yeah, it's a fun track, isn't it? Different and a, a challenge, especially turns one and two. It's quite unique, you know, um, for, for several reasons. The first one is the fans. Um, you know, obviously our sport needs the fans. And now that we have our fans back, important to, uh, to let them know that they can see the entire racetrack. Um, you know, it's, it's a very unique track in that sense. It's a tiny stadium, and you get to see cars going 200 miles an hour on this short oval. Um, and you can, you can travel in the paddock and see, see pretty much the cars, the drivers, and everybody. So it's, uh, it's unique in that sense. And obviously, the, the driving side is extremely challenging. It, it's so fast. So the commitment level is so high. And it's a very narrow race line. So uh, one mistake and could have very, very heavy consequences. Yeah, it's really great. I love sitting high at turn four and just watching all of you. And I've got the my phone in my hand. I have the IndyCar app open so I can see all the action going on there, <laughs> see all of you. It really is fun to, to keep an eye on everything, and especially at night. I mean, the, it was great last year having everything during the day. But night races are pretty special, aren't they? Especially from a spectator standpoint. Well, I think yeah, the visual effect, uh, the, the 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 atmosphere at night is just different, and uh, it, it's so great to to be able to do that at night. Uh, you see the sparks flying, you see the 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 rotor on the brakes getting hot and and red. Uh, it's it's just a more visual cues to to get excited about. Simon, what about uh, this year? How has it gone for you? You've had six top tens. You've had two top fives. You're ranked sixth uh, overall. How do you feel about how the season has been? Well, I tell you what, it's a, it's a very interesting season for us. We we have plenty of pace. We're very competitive. We haven't had the most luck in the last three races, unfortunately, uh, with uh, bad results. But uh, it didn't really show that the. Um, the strength of our 22 team. Um, so I look forward to going to the next one, uh, which is going to be the Indianapolis Grand Prix this weekend. Then the uh, Bomarito uh, Automotive Group 500, um, uh, you know, which which I have a lot of uh, hope for. So hopefully we can turn things around here. I believe after three bad luck races, it always turns around. So, uh, so I think we're about to uh, we're about to hit our stride here. Simon Pagano from France. He lives in Charlotte. He's coming to the great racing town of St. Louis from one racing town to another, and we're excited to have you. One of the things I hear a lot about you from fans is you're very uh, friendly and accessible, signing autographs and, and really interacting with the fans. I know that it can be somewhat of a challenge during these times, during COVID and the pandemic, but that's always been one of the pluses. The fans love you, Simon, that, that you just connect with them. Well, thank you, Tom. I appreciate that. You know, it, it goes back to <laughs> goes back to a little story. Um, I, I'm going to explain it. Uh, when I was a kid, I there was a racetrack that because of that racetrack, I'm here today. But uh, there was a racetrack called Circuit du Val de Vienne, um, about 30 kilometers away from home. Uh, and I, I went there. My dad was involved at the track, so I went there to see a few races. And, and one of uh, 
the driver was looking up to, um, I tried to get an autograph and just blew me off, blew me away. So he never really uh, paid attention and uh, it made me angry. And I was a little kid. And I thought if I ever make it, I would always give time to, to kids and, and, and fans because they deserve it. So um, I've tried to stick to that uh, that message um, since the beginning of my career. That's pretty special. I remember when I was a kid, you know, and, and going to Indianapolis and seeing Mario Andretti and Rick Mears and Tom Sneva and like, you know, here were all mm-hmm. these names that I saw on TV and seeing them up close was pretty special. And that is one of the great things about your sport is uh, the connectivity between the fans. And also, I mean, you can just see it. Just look at Indy as an example. That was the biggest sporting event attended uh, since the pandemic. <laughs> I bet that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? It was great. You know, 2020 was such a strange year for so many reasons for everybody. But we were very fortunate we were able to race. Um, and then this year at Indianapolis, it just felt like so much energy. It felt like people were craving racing. And uh, it makes you feel relevant, you know, in your sport. Um, and it just that's such a great feeling. So uh, this year is, is a big bonus. You know, it feels like the, the cherry on top. It just feels like people are coming back to the racetrack and we're all having fun again. Um, you know, obviously, we, have, we all have to be still careful, but... Uh, you know, uh, as long as we are careful, then things can, can resume. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun. You've got a racetrack owned by someone who knows a lot about racing, and that's Curtis Francois. And I know there's been a buzz in the industry about what they've done at Worldwide Technology Raceway. I know that racing is in your life, and it's not just IndyCar. Uh, I was at the Broadmoor in Colorado uh, in April. We were there celebrating my oh. wife's birthday, and I hear – that you participated in the Pikes Peak International Hill Climb. Is that true? You got some uh, serious sources, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I had the most fun ever back in, uh, I believe it was 2013 or 14. I went to Pikes Peak, and I was driving for Honda back then in IndyCar. And um, uh, we had this idea to to bring uh, a Honda Odyssey, a minivan, with an with um with an IndyCar engine in it to the top of the mountain, so uh, we did it. We we won our class because there was only one car in it, but uh, I believe we finished in the top 35, which was pretty impressive considering there were 150 vehicle, um, and that was the most fun ever. Even though that was a very dangerous race, but uh, I I had so much fun doing it. Wow, that is amazing. The Pikes Peak International Hill Climb, for those not familiar, is absolutely something you should check out online. Just go take a look at it. it you, there's all kinds of availability to see it, but it is America's second oldest race. That is amazing. A minivan. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, um, you know, I, I mean, we thought about uh, soccer moms. You know, it, <laughs> it would. we thought that it would give them, like, um, a little bit of a wink. Uh, we had about 650 horsepower in that minivan, and, and I think every mom would love that, going to school every morning. Oh, I love that. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to have a professional soccer team here in St. Louis, an MLS team in 2023 called St. Louis City SC. We're excited about that because it gives St. Louis even more of a world feel. You know, you're going to bring in a lot of fans and, and have a lot more eyes on the city, and I feel like that's the way with IndyCar, Simon, as we finish things up here with Simon Pagano. Just the, the sport is growing so much that – it really is true that St. Louis will have the eyes of the world on it, uh, that the, the sport has grown globally, hasn't it? The sport has grown massively. I've been in IndyCar for 10 years, <clears throat> and the audience alone is just incredible. Um, when you see the numbers, 
uh, you know, we just had 1.2 million um, on the audience on the last race, and and it keeps on growing. Uh, Ten years ago, we were barely under 200. So uh, it's just incredible to see where the sport's been taken by IndyCar. Obviously, Mark Myers is incredible. Um, and, 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 you know, the Penske Entertainment Group obviously has taken over and, and they're doing a great job. So uh, I look forward to the future. I think the sport's only going going on the, on the up. We're about to have a, uh, a motorsport game that's coming out uh, very soon, in 23, I believe. Um, so that's going to be one of the few times you'll see an IndyCar video game, which is great for kids to get interested in our sports. And I think we have a lot of things going for us. Young generation coming in, finding with the... Uh, veterans um they've had success in the past it's uh, it's quite exciting right now it's, it's pretty great to see that is really great uh the bomberito automotive group 500 august 21st it's the 20th and 21st because you have the nascar trucks race and all kinds of activity the night before and then the indycar race is saturday night simon pagino from team penske number 22 will be on the track that night we look forward to it and thanks so much for joining us on kmox thank you tom we'll be back right after this there's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to the show. It's 11.30, and as we do on Sundays at 11.30, we're joined by Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Mosellock. Always great to talk to him. How are you, Mo? Doing well. Thank you, Tom. Uh, good to hear. And I, last night, thought of you. I was at the Four Seasons downtown, and Bridget and Kyle McClellan with their great event, Brace for Impact 46, Night of Champions, and on stage with me for the final segment was Joe Buck, and we had in between us Lance Berkman, Alan Craig, and Jason Mott. And we have a good time. Hard to believe it's been 10 years since those three celebrated a world championship with you, Mo. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really amazing. Um, obviously, great memories, uh, amazing team, uh, probably one of the more historic Octobers that um, I will ever be a part of. And uh Glad they could be there, and uh, hopefully it was a successful evening for all of you. It was a great evening, raised a lot of money. Rennie Knott from KSDK was with us, and we had a really good time raising money for people here in St. Louis, specifically North City, and also for those in Haiti. And for those that don't know, it's been a really tough time here recently in Haiti with an earthquake there, 7.2 magnitude, and um, they are still searching through the rubble for survivors, but they have had some casualties, very tough. So I really appreciate all the people that showed up last night at the Four Seasons. And in the meantime, I was keeping an eye on what was going on. I was sneaking peeks at my phone. You know I do that. And uh, you were putting on the Royals, and the Cardinals get the job done 9-4, to four, and now you have one more game to go for a sweep. It's it, one thing that you set out to do. At this point, is to win series. You'll take a couple of sweeps and take anything that you can get at this point, won't you, John? Well, that's right. And you know, the, the big thing right now is is you're seeing just better baseball overall, right? Your your starting pitchers are allowing you to go deeper in games. You're getting those timely hits, and you know, when you look at the last week, that's very encouraging. Obviously, now. Um, you know, we want to finish our business today and then, you know, turn the page and, and then move on to Milwaukee. But these are, um, these are good signs. And, and, and more importantly, uh, 
when you do put together a few wins, you just have a different vibe to your team. And, and you know, overall, I think uh, we were really encouraged with that. And, you know, obviously getting Jack Flaherty back was, you know, a, a great boost. And uh, Miles through last night in Peoria, um, we were really encouraged about that outing as well. So, you know, we're starting to, to feel a little better as we, you know, enter the midway part of, of August. But we know there's a lot of baseball left and just got to start you know, worrying about each day and not thinking too far ahead. I'm sure everybody's asking you, uh, what's the next step for Miles? And so that would be my question. But I guess the next step for Miles is just to see how he feels today, right? That's right. Um, I, I would say last night was, was really encouraging. Uh, I was actually up there for that game and um, thought he looked you know, very much like a major league pitcher. And um need to check in with him today just see how he feels i know he's returning back to bush um you know here in the next hour so should have a pretty good idea of of what that looks like and then clearly i would imagine at some point this week we uh, inject him into the rotation that's exciting and it's exciting as you mentioned to have jack flaherty back in there my gosh i mean you think of the effect that it has on the entire staff it's not just one time out it's everything i mean if you don't have a pitcher that can go deep into games, it taxes the bullpen and it affects the next day's bullpen, et cetera, et cetera. It just kind of goes on and on. And it was vintage Jack Flaherty, wasn't it? And also credit to him for the work he did to get back that quickly. And you and I talked about how he's a young man and those guys heal fast. But I remember Nolan Arenado telling me in in the off season or in spring training that he marveled at how Jack just worked day to day. You know, I mean, what an athlete. Yeah, I mean, I was really impressed with this outing. I, I actually thought it was one of his better pitch games uh, this year in terms of, you know, he was very aggressive in the strike zone, was working ahead, had great pace. Um, if if someone had watched that game, you said he hasn't pitched in two and a half months, I don't think anyone would believe you. So um, it was really great to see. And, uh, you know, I think uh, to his credit, you know, he allows himself to, to return to play quicker than uh, most because of his – work ethic and and his healthy um, off-field choices, if you will. And so, you know, his preparation and, you know, I really credit our rehab program and our, our staff for getting him back. But, you know, all of them deserve kudos because it was, it was fun to watch. We'll be excited to see how everything looks moving forward in that rotation where Michaelis and Flaherty and Wainwright – Wow. Uh, We're going to get to him in just a moment. But first, I want to go back to this series. So you had Flaherty Friday. You had John Lester yesterday. And with all the runs scored yesterday, it might be a little overlooked. But Lester goes five and two-thirds, Mo. Uh, He gives up one run and uh, just hangs in that game and ends up getting the win. And it took a little while for him to warm up. But it looks like this is what you asked for. You wanted a guy that can get you into the game and give you a chance. Well, given everything we've been through, we were, as I stated uh, back at the trading deadline, we were just looking for some stabilization. Now, of course, his first outing was a little rough, um, and and so perhaps we didn't get off to to the, the the perfect step. But you know, reality is is you know he's a veteran pitcher. He knows how to pitch. Um, he knows he's not what he was five years ago, but he still has that high baseball IQ. And as you brought up, someone like an Adam Wainwright, who you know, is, is really sort of like incredible performance right now and how he's pitching, but he's doing it differently than he did five or six years ago. And I think, you know, if you're a young pitcher and you're watching and trying to learn from these types of veteran pitchers, 
watch how they go about it. You know, they they make smart decisions. They they know they've got to be around the strike zone. Um, they don't want to give free passes, and you, you know they're not lighting up a radar gun, but yet they're able to go deeper into games. And um, I think there's so much value in, in how they're going about it. But it also takes you know someone with a unique uh, skill set in the sense of of understanding what they have and using it. What a jaw-dropping performance that was by Wayno. Just among his all-time greats, and you could argue it is his best, even though he's been in some amazing postseason performances. That was just unbelievable. I mean, I, I don't even know what other word to use to describe it. 88 pitches to rip through a game just doesn't happen, especially a pitcher uh, at his age. Yeah, that's right. And it's it's just exciting to see a guy that that's doing it without having to throw 95 or a hundred. Um, you know, you look at our game today and I, I think we all agree. Sometimes it does get a little boring when all you're seeing are those, those three true outcomes. And so to watch a pitcher go and, and, and almost treat it more like art than, than just power. It's exciting. Yeah, it's beautiful. It really is. So the Cardinals have Jay Hap going today and just to refer back to Hap, uh, here's a guy also who has some experience and in big games. And so you went out and you picked up Hap and he's been able to deliver for you. And now we'll see moving forward what everything looks like from a starting standpoint. But you've been able to at least stabilize things and right the ship. Uh, let me ask you, though, about a couple of injuries. And we did have Mike Schilt touch on this, but see if you might be able to add anything to it. Wade LeBlanc, who's been I, I like him. I mean, he's he's been a nice addition. It sounds like nothing structurally wrong there, but it's going to be a while. Is is that the case with Wade? Um, you know, obviously he's he's put on the ten day. I think he's pretty encouraged, and and um, he's looking to fast track himself back back onto the roster. So, you know, I think we'll let the next few days play out, see how he responds to treatment, um, and then ultimately, you know, may have to have him throw a live VP or maybe a one rehab appearance before we make a decision. But uh, I don't think it'll be too long, but you know, I, I think we want to be smart before we put him back out there. Cause what you don't want to do is activate him and then have to um, put him back on the IL. Sure. So we'll just be a little patient with that. Definitely. Yeah. He's been good for you. And KK, obviously, I mean, everybody loves what KK does, I think, but uh, the recovery part of it is, is just the issue there. That's, that's again, just trying to be cautious here, isn't it? Yeah, and I think, you know, he's someone we also want to talk about on a doing at least one minor league appearance just to, to make sure he does recover from that. I mean, obviously, we've got that stability back in our, our rotation now. So, you know, we want to make sure that if we're putting somebody back into it, that we can count on them for more than just one turn. Can you go back in time? We're just about wrapping up here with John Mosaloc, but a couple of things. Can you go back in time when you first took notice of Lars Newtbar? <laughs> this guy has been some great energy for your team. And when he hits them, they go, don't they? Well, obviously that one he hit the other night sure did. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think he's just one of those guys that, that when you look at his college career, it, it was a little bit of a up and down. I think when he entered pro ball, he started to see a little bit more consistency and, you know, he's a name that, you know, for the last couple of years has been like on my radar in terms of, you know, if everything goes right, he's going to help you at the big leagues. And, you know, sure enough, he, he got off to a really nice start at, at Memphis this year, um, really swung the bat well, 
had a little bit of a pause when, when he had uh, some wrist discomfort, which was sort of unfortunate because we probably were going to bring him up before that even. And, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, he's making the most out of his appearances right now. And that's great to see. Yeah, absolutely. And he's in the lineup today. He's starting in right field for the Cardinals. Edmundo Sosa, who was very strong yesterday and has been most of the time he's in there, is starting at shortstop today. We'll hope that Paulie D can get back soon after showing some tightness in his back. I wanted to ask you about the Field of Dreams game, John, and and I know that the Cardinals didn't participate in it, and I'm not sure what the the future of the game is, but I I could say this from a baseball fan standpoint. It's great for the game, and I hope that it continues for a long, long time. That was, uh, from an optics standpoint, pretty cool stuff right there. Yeah, I think, first off, you're, you're, you're getting the, the bounce of, of, you know, a first time. I, I don't know if you do it every single year, if you're going to get that same reaction, but, you know, clearly uh, – the fans responded, they watched, and, and that was really neat. Um, you know, last year we were scheduled for that game. Um, and in a way, I'm glad it didn't happen because I'm not sure you could have had all the theatrics to to go with it to have made it as special as what you saw the other day. And so, you know, I think from a, you know, the standpoint of, of maximizing that event, they certainly did, and that was really cool. Yeah, it's a really great point, and it's good. It's just a good way to grow the game, and I, I would assume there are a lot of people that saw it and said, you know what, I'm not really a baseball fan, but that caught my eye, and now I'm hooked a little bit. Now maybe I will watch a few more games. That's what it takes, just one well, fan. highest-watched game since uh, 04. Yeah. So, uh, that speaks volumes. That's what you want, one fan at a time, and in that case, a lot of fans at a time. Uh, John, we always appreciate these visits. Thanks for being on KMOX on Sundays. Good luck today against the Royals. All right. Thank you, Tom. John Moselock, Cardinals President of Baseball Operations on KMOX. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go back in time, a little history. There was a no-hitter that was thrown yesterday. We'll give you the historical significance of that. There is a St. Louis connection. And speaking of St. Louis connections, 50 years ago, yesterday, one of the greatest moments in Cardinals history. We'll hear it next. It's 1143 on Sports on a Sunday Morning on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. And, uh, you know, hopefully just kind of, you know, I've been in this situation. I've come over at the deadline to a couple other teams uh, in my career. And um, it's always, you know, fun to, you know, potentially still be in the race and the hunt and um, coming to a great baseball city, too. So that's something that I've always admired from afar to, you know, the Cardinals fans and the city of St. Louis. So, um, you know, hopefully I can just, you know, bring some some leadership and, and hopefully, you um, you know, more than anything, um, some results, hopefully. The pitch on the way. Check swing, strike three called on the inside corner. Five strikeouts 
for Jay Happ. Jay Happ right there when he was acquired at the deadline. His thoughts on a fresh start and being in the playoff hunt and right there getting John Nagowski on August 10th in his last start. Good start for Happ against the Pirates. And he starts today against the Kansas City Royals. First pitch coming up in a little over an hour from now, 110. Joe Potts going to be along at 12:15 for the pregame show. Jay Happ going up against the Royals as the Cardinals try to sweep and get themselves a little closer in both the division and wild card races. Currently 10 out in the division, four and a half back in the wild card. Another lefty made history last night in Major League Baseball. Take a listen to the Diamondbacks radio network. So Tyler Gilbert, one out away from a no-hitter. He gets his sign, goes into his full windup in the first pitch. And a line drive center field. Marte's there. He's got it. No hitter. Tyler Gilbert in his first major league start has no hit. The Padres, the Diamondbacks rush onto the field. They mob him. And what a night for the first time in the history of this ballpark. The Diamondbacks have had a pitcher throw a no hitter in a Diamondback uniform. Tyler Gilbert, 27 years old, a no hitter on this Saturday night, August 14th. The left hander for the Diamondbacks has become the fourth pitcher to throw a no hitter in his first big league start. Tyler Gilbert helped lift Arizona over the San Diego Padres 7 0 Saturday night with a record tying eighth no hitter in the majors this season. His teammates rushed the mound to congratulate the hero who spent six seasons in the minors. Gilbert is the first rookie to reach this milestone in nearly 70 years when Bobo Holloman of the St. Louis Browns accomplished it on May 6th, 1953. Lisa Mateo. CBS News. Bobo Holloman of the St. Louis Browns in 1953. Lisa, thank you very much. And it's the first time since 1884 that eight no-hitters have been thrown in a season. The losing pitcher, by the way, in this game was Joe Musgrove of the Padres who tossed one of those no-hitters this year. That's how many no-hitters there have been. There were two guys in one game that tossed no-hitters as the Diamondbacks beat the Padres 7-0. Something's wrong with the Padres. Now, you know, they've had, of course, some big injuries, and everybody's waiting to see what uh, Tatis does here at the end of this season to get the Padres rocking and rolling, and I still think they're one of the best teams in all of baseball, but they're only... Two and a half games up on the Reds in the wild card race. Four back are the Braves and the Phillies. Cardinals sit four and a half back. That's a lot of teams you have to jump over, but that's where the Cardinals are right now, focusing on the division as the Cardinals are locked in on the Brewers, who are 10 games up in the division, and the Cardinals still have 13 games on the schedule against Milwaukee. Speaking of no-hitters, this is the anniversary. In fact, it was 50 years ago yesterday that we had one of the greatest moments in Cardinals history. This is the call from Jack Buck. Two men out, nobody on, bottom of the ninth, 11 to nothing Cardinals. One and one on Stargell. The pitch on the way, and a swing and a miss, strike two, a good low breaking ball. And Gibson is one strike away from the no-hitter. He takes off his cap, he mops his brow, he looks in and gets the sign. He starts to wind up. Here's the pitch, and it's a strike called. A no-hitter for Gibson. Simmons roars to the mound. Embraces Gibson, who's engulfed by his teammates as the Cardinals win the game 11 to nothing. 25 players pound Bob Gibson for a 
tremendous effort here tonight. A call third strike to Willie Stargell ended it. And Gibson, who has done everything else in the book, except the no-hitter, got it here tonight. I don't have an all-time favorite call of Jack Bucks in my life, uh, but that one is tied for first. Uh, of all the calls that I've ever heard him make, that one right there, the no-hitter of Bob Gibson, so much going on there. You have a Hall of Famer, Ted Simmons, roaring to the mound, as Jack said, to greet him. You have Willie Stargell, of all people, at the plate, taking the third strike for the final out. You have Jack Buck calling it. That is a Hall of Fame highlight right there with all of those. And 50 years ago yesterday, Bob Gibson recorded that no-hitter for the Cardinals against the Pittsburgh Pirates in 1971. By the way... Uh, it was the anniversary on Friday of this. The 2-2 pitch. Breaking ball. Hit off the pitcher. To the third baseman. No play. Base hit. 3,000 for Lou Brock. The 3,000th hit of Lou Brock's career was recorded in 1979 on August 13th. So we just celebrated the anniversary of that legendary moment. Two Cardinals legends, Lou Brock and Bob Gibson, in back-to-back days. As we sit here on Sunday, the Cardinals taking on the Royals today. Former Cardinals manager and catcher Mike Matheny is the skipper of that club, and the Cardinals are going to try the second time to go for a sweep. You think if they had swept in that rain-delayed game where they let the game go in extra, or in the ninth inning, not extras, but they lost it in the ninth inning, felt like extras because there was a two-hour rain delay. Had they won that game, you're talking about you're going on a nine-game winning streak here because they got swept by the Braves and then took two out of three from the Royals, swept the Pirates, and are about to sweep the Royals again. Let's see if they can finish the job today. Before we go, I want to offer our love and appreciation and a big, big hug to the Ford family, Travis Ford and his family. Travis, the head coach of the Billikens, announced this morning that their family is so grateful for the blessing of Penn Ford Stewart. He has entered this world at 7 pounds, 13 ounces, 20 inches. Both Courtney and Baby Penn are doing well, reports Coach Ford. And he says, I know Ford, Ford Stewin, who passed away recently, his uh, amazing nephew and a very well-loved assistant coach on this Billikens team. He said, I know Ford has the biggest smile and will always be watching over them said, I can't wait to get a ball in his hands, future Billiken. And the picture, I'll tell you what, this is a good-looking young man right here, Penn Ford Stewin. And then uh, Travis just tweeted 10 minutes ago a picture of him holding the young man in his arms with a pacifier. Already already has two hands on the pacifier. But he's already got uh, coach. He already has. Look at him. He's already got. He, he tossed the guy a basketball. He's going to catch it with two hands. That's the first thing you learn in hoops is catching the ball. Uh, I, I have high hopes for that guy. That's for sure. Congratulations to Travis Ford and the Billiken family. That is absolutely beautiful. We love the Billikens over here at KMOX. Can't wait to get their games back on the air. Next, though, we have the Cardinals. The Cardinals and the Royals at 110. Joe Pott comes up after the news with the pregame. I'm Tom Ackerman. Thanks for joining us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 